Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Welcome to another episode of the Living Open Podcast. Today's episode is with a repeat guest you may remember from a year or two ago, Sanyu Estelle, on spiritual strangeness. And if you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, I will share a little bit more, but I think when you listen to this episode, you'll be like, yeah, that is kind of the only name that would make sense for this episode. (laughs) So... Sanyu uses she, her pronouns. She's a claircognizant soothsayer, also known as the word witch, because of her deep love for word origins and word culture. Um, She has been practicing Taoism for over 11 years, trading in Qigong and Tai Chi. Um, She has a 10 plus year relationship with Ifa, the indigenous tradition of the Yoruba people of now Nigeria. Um, She identifies as pigmented, womanist, sissy, femme, flexible, asexual, travel apt, and fashion forward, and a sarcastic social justice warrior. I also think that she is a spiritual genius, (laughs) and this conversation is just so wide-ranging and open and abstract and specific and gorgeous and if you're hungry for a conversation about spirituality um this might really be the one for you (laughs) so we talk about what she's been learning and experiencing and healing through since she was on the podcast last the best defense as opening up living amidst everything that's beyond our control creating reality with our imaginations dynamic neutrality choice as a spectrum quantum energetic tools like biocompassing, choosing to be the selves that we most prefer, the Hierophant's journey, acting the way you want to feel, our 2022 lover's year, creating a self-loving relationship, dreaming as support for being your authentic self, and truly, truly so much more. Um, I pulled out so many quotes from this episode that I have no idea which ones I'm going to share right now, um, but there's just so much that's thought-provoking to to reflect on in this episode, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. I have two announcements. One is my first poetry collection that I have been sharing a tiny bit about called Moon Sign is officially going to be out this month. It'll be out in about two weeks, um, so stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram at eryj underscore or uh, join the newsletter list, email list if you want to be the first to know when the book is available for pre-order, but I'm really excited about it. It's a bunch of gay-ass healing poems (laughs) that follow a death and rebirth journey, and uh, yeah, I hope you'll get a copy. And the other announcement is Breathwork for Care is tomorrow night. It's Tuesday, March 1st. Um, It's a Zoom gathering. It's a space for tending to your soft heart, your tired body, whatever it is that you're holding, whatever it is that you need to take care, whether it's a cry or a yell or words of affirmation or being seen or fetal position. It's just a space for you to meet those needs in a community breathwork practice on Zoom. Breathwork for care for all folks who 
are needing to be held and wanting to sink into care at this time. So there will be space for journaling and writing, there will be space for sharing and connection, and we'll do a guided breathwork practice to touch and hold the parts of ourselves that most need care. So I hope you'll come. If that's something you're needing right now, link is in the description to join us. And that's all. So please enjoy my conversation with Sonia. Since you've been on the show before and we've already had a chance to talk about a bit of your journey, I think I'd like to start by hearing about maybe whatever feels present for you over the past year or two that you've been learning, that you've been experiencing, healing, anything like that. Yes, that's an interesting question. After well, the past two years, so 2020 to 2022. Like pandemic times. Yes, pandemic times. You know, I've learned that uh, this is actually something that Onyi's, one of Onyi's mentors, Zoran, says um, that the best defense is to open up. Mm. Um, And which is essentially a way of saying like the best defense is not assuming you need a defense. Um, or that a defense is called for, right? The best defense is just living your life, essentially. Um, And I, you know, maybe I'll go with that. The best defense is living your life simply because I think there, especially in the 20th century and now looking at the 21st century as it's stacking, like in the 20th century, in the 1900s, there was no two decades alike. Every 10 years was its own shebang and it had its Mm -hmm. own whatever, whatever's and its woes and its own developments. And so that that's like a more multidimensional experience of existence where you cannot take it for granted. I mean, obviously certain subsets of culture and societies could take it for granted because we have classism and patriarchy and racism and all these other isms. Um, But that became less and less possible in a way that, it clearly was very possible in the 1500s and the 1600s and the 1700s, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is just because um, people, you have to live like (laughs) volcanoes, racism, like, you know, natural disasters, germs, whatever, like it's still life. And to pretend that it only gets to be life when there's a stability that you're used to, which is obviously usually a construction and based upon many oppressions that others do not have the luxury of being used to, um, you still live. So I'm learning what that looks like, you know, on the ground, because obviously depending on your circumstances that it looks differently. Um, but you still have to find your way to yourself, which means you just have to be your most authentic self to your best of your ability. And in my case, I like usually say you either trust, trust, or you trust, distrust, either way you're trusting. Mm -hmm. So I trust, trust simply because I know that since existence gave me the wherewithal of having a choice, that it is at least majority, meaning like 51% positive because neutrality gives you the option of positivity. So I don't assume the worst from the universe. I assume that it's everything is happening for a reason. It knows exactly where I am. It made me on purpose. Mm -hmm. Nothing is wrong. And so even though humanity may not have that understanding of 
existence or themselves or ourselves or whatever, doesn't mean that that's not what's going on. And so I just use my direct line to the universe to, to go with what is. Mm-hmm. And that has been the most necessary medicine uh, over the past two years, because obviously it's completely unpredictable and people get to do whatever the fuck they want. And that's exactly what they do as well. And, um, and that doesn't mean that what they do makes sense to anyone else. <laughs> so there's a lot to roll with, but I, I have no doubt that I incarnated for these times. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here for it as opposed to like resisting it these days. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like there's so much acceptance in everything that you're saying. And that's like one of the words that I was like, oh, when I was like journaling and reflecting on like 2022 intentions, I'm like spaciousness, acceptance, Mm -hmm. like acceptance is a big one for me. And I'm like, yeah, how, how to accept how, Well, I mean, the funny thing is that you don't have a choice. It's what is going on is what is going on. What you are accepting is, or what you're letting go of is the resistance to what is going on. Mm-hmm. This idea of um, fixing as opposed to recognizing how things move, like the momentum, why, why this is, is because of why, what was, and that, you know, there's a way to know. And the way to know isn't to assume what's coming. (laughs) The way to know is to reflect upon what has already happened. Um, And the more that you're willing to acknowledge that, the better able we are to comprehend what has come from it. And that just makes you more comfortable because it's a bigger picture. Whereas if you think of this as like an isolated moment or this is, this is the worst it's ever been. I'm like, you can look back. Like they've been through some things like lots of times over thousands of thousands of years, not to mention the first with the saber tooth tires and whatever, and the whatever, whatever is where, so like, to know that is to know that how resilient humanity is and to also understand that how much we're choosing, you know, destruction and being so negatively imaginative, um, you know, because we create a lot of things. They're just mostly atrocious. atrocious creations you know like how low can we go kind of stuff that's just like literally true yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know so we're just negative imaginers we can be neutral imaginers we can be positive imaginers we can be all of the above clearly but like we are doing a lot of negation limitation oppression repression so you know that's where that's what it is that's where the levels are that's the frequency and actually the only way to get out of that experientially is to stop doing that yourself like that's Mm -hmm. literally the only way that you can have the experience of it not being that way so dynamic i told you before i was like i'm very much in a dynamic neutrality (laughs) (laughs) which means I, i recognize the spectrum and i'll go where i go and then I'll come back to the center 
that's that's the I mean more equilibrium than balance, right? Like I th- always say to people, more dreidel than balance beam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it works. So you kind of need that for changing times, and that's where we are. We're in changing times, so you just gotta you gotta roll. My Pisces ways really mm-hmm. serve me in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> That makes me think of something I wrote down that you wrote on Instagram recently about change. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I'm just going to read it. You said, when you encounter a change that disrupts your equilibrium, say to yourself, this change is a sign of life. There is more life behind this change. Where can I live more into myself? Mm. And when I read that, I was just like, ah, yeah, I feel like I've spent so much time in my life. And in the past few years, I've been unlearning this pattern, but spent so much time trying not to let anything change and resisting change so hard. And it's like, it's exactly true. Change is a sign of life and change is inherent to life. And I can resist it as much as I want, but it just creates a lot of suffering. Um, But change can also be really hard and feel, feel really unsafe. Yes. Especially when, you know, we're in a sedentary, like single hierarchical narrative supremacy ideation of society, because the idea there is that there's one this and one that and one this and one that. And there mm-hmm. are ones and zeros. So if we're, talking about, <laughs> if we're talking about the matrix, then, you know, there's ones and zeros, which is to say there's knowns and unknowns. And um, in nihilistic Machiavellian, cis white heteropatriarchical, singular singular hierarchical narrative, supremacy ideationist cultures, however you want to go with that. There's not an acknowledgement of what what the else, the else, the something else, the other, the whatever, like the other possibility. It's very this or that. There's no acknowledgement of the choice and that creates an environment where it feels very insecure to make choices as opposed to feel like things are just happening to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are like, you know, shit and shit isn't a choice. And you're like, yeah, even that is a choice, though. Like, choice is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So if you can't work your way up from the bottom of the spectrum, Like if you can't climb the octaves because you're unwilling to, you know, do the runs for your voice or do the runs for your life that allow you to be in a, in a higher stratosphere of experience personally, simply because that's actually how you prefer to feel to the best of your ability, not expecting Mm -hmm. to feel like a super fucking hero or something like that, but to just be good with being yourself and then knowing that that's enough. That's a tall order in such a limited society, meaning like limited in in their scope of the possibilities, which is why we have created so much negative things, so many negative things to experience, because we literally, that's that's like as good as we can imagine (laughs) on a collective Mm -hmm. level, that things have to be restricted and, and, very ruled and controlled and militant and, you know, authoritative and, and punishment oriented, you know, that this is just what we've been doing. But as you can see from the culture, it doesn't work. 
So at some point you just have to be willing to let go of what you see as evidence and create the world from the inside out that you prefer to be in, which is just the version of yourself that you most prefer to be Mm. showing up as that version of yourself at all times, because you say that's who you would be if everything wasn't so blah, 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 blah. Everything is always so blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, for, I mean, what the fuck? Like, yes, for every person at every time, that seemed like all of reality and then shit changed. So that is consistent and nature does it so well. And, you know, so consistently, you, <laughs> you think you think humanity would like get a get a hint by now. So I think that it means a lot of things that we got accustomed to growing up as not only what was culture, but what was the past and what would be the future, because, you know, those things are definitely going to change. There's just like environmental things going on that make the kind of sedentary lifestyles that our ancestors had for some, a few generations, right? Because we did have our great migration ancestors and they imagine those changes, like imagine just being, someone who has to move around with the seasons. Like that's, that's a lot of changes too. That's four changes a year, Mm -hmm. but we're, we're in that sort of, uh, what is it? The contraction part of that, of this development where people are resisting gravity. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, obviously that's futile, but, you know, you have the right, (laughs) you have the right to resist gravity, um, you know, for as long as you think that works. And then eventually the thing has got to let, let out. So we're going to see what that is. That's our generation's job. We are the, the cleanup crew, the camel generation. (laughs) Love it. Yes. (laughs) What you were saying about like, creating life is making me think about how last year before I kind of blew my life up, I was really obsessing with trying to figure out what the right thing to do was as if there was like one right thing. And then once I released the idea of that, I really just settled into like, it's actually just like any path is probably fine. And it's just about like what, version of myself do I want to be what part of myself do I want to express like what do I actually just want to experience because I could experience any of these things and then when I really sunk into that it was so much less of like I don't know there's going to be something terrible that happens if I don't choose right and just Mm -hmm. like so much more expansive to feel that way and then it became clear like what I wanted to do and it was just Mm. like what do I I actually want to be what do I actually want to express (laughs) Yes, because I think that's that's just true. This is why I talk about, I call it biocompassing. It's one of my quantum energetic tools. But basically I say existence affirms through positive synchronicity, which mm-hmm. means it aligns, magnifies, you know, multiplies, expands. It allows through neutral synchronicity, meaning you don't know if something feels positive or negative in your body or like desirable or undesirable. So like neutral synchronicity gives you the opportunity to have the experience of so that you can decide for yourself. And then negative synchronicity 
repels, repulses, denies, deconstructs, mm-hmm. detaches. Um, and, um, oh, I was saying biocompassing. I was explaining biocompassing because mm-hmm. we were talking about, oh, because contracting, right? So mm-hmm. when we get negative synchronicities and then we project negative synchronicities, meaning like, because we, something happened in the past, we assume that's what's going to happen in the future. And so we make a negative synchronized choice, which limits you, right? Mm-hmm. It makes you contract. It makes you detach. It makes you feel like you are not able to connect or to align with something that is going to uh, expand or open things for you or make things more easeful. And so in that state, of course, of contraction, you're not able to see the possibilities or see the choice choices, the nuance and the choices, or even feel good about being able to know for yourself what that might be given time and space. And it's not until you just release, right? Like the best defense is opening up. It's not Mm -hmm. until you actually give in surrender to the fact that you are on this journey of self that the answers show up in the Tao, they say, you know, can you wait until your mud settles until the right thing, the right choice arises by itself? Mm-hmm. Not that you have to like chase the answer, but that it comes from your recognition of what is going on around you. And so the more that you're willing to sort of allow yourself to be present, the more apparent the answer can actually be. But presence doesn't come through control. It comes from I mean, the fool, it's the fool Mm -hmm. in the tarot. That's the presence card. So, you know, there's a unknowability that is the point of changing in a way that feels like linear, right? Like I was like this and then I was like this, (laughs) I was like this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Another one of the another one of my words for <laughs> 2021 and 2022 is just presence, like you're talking about. And it's so interesting because I feel like our world is so constructed in this moment in time, maybe other moments in time too, to where presence is like you have to intentionally choose it, kind of. It's not um just gonna happen. There's just like so many ways that we cannot be present. We cannot be present like literally all day, every day if we want. Um so it I think that's another choice choosing to of be yeah. of course. And it's a choice that you can learn a lot from if you act as if you are choosing it. Mm. Right. Because the excitement of blowing up your life, as I think you referred to it earlier, yeah. <laughs> is that you are trying to become your most authentic self and you're recognizing like, it's not about making a right choice. It's just about what I most prefer the version of myself that I most prefer to be. How would that version of me act? Okay. Well, I will act as they would act. I will do as they will do. Um, I tell people it's not fake it till you make it. It's act the way you need to feel. Mm. So if you act the way that you need to feel, then you do the actions that bring to the best of your ability about those feelings. And those are all the ones that feel really risky and um, raw, but those are also the ones that allow you to be the most present because they require the most of your attention because it's the realest interaction you can be having as opposed to what the singular hierarchical narrative culture creates, which is 
reverence for past reverence and then desire for future, right? Like, this is what you could have, and this is what happened to you, you know? Um, whereas if you're in a more multidimensional state of being, which is to say present, then, you know, you realize that your life isn't defined from choice to choice to choice to choice, which gives a past future aspect, but from choosing to choosing to choosing to choosing. And then all your power is in the present moment because it depends on how you want to choose Mm -hmm. what version of you is there present to do the choosing and what they feel based on their past interactions, which could be very different from the way that you thought you felt five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And I was talking, I wonder who I was just saying this to. I definitely was just saying this to somebody else in tarot, but that I was going to be speaking to Corinna Rosella, or maybe I had a dream premonition about this conversation. (laughs) But like that I was talking to Corinna Rosella about cards that I feel in the tarot are like uh, the, uh, in an evolutionary track. Mm -hmm. And I, one of those for me is um, the fool to the hero font, to the hanged person, to the world. Mm. And I think of it that way because, you know, the fool is just present because they give everything to the moment. There's, they're not, there's no anxiety about the future because they know they give everything they have to the moment. And there's no worry about the past because they know they gave everything they had to the moment. Like what more can Mm -hmm. you do than that? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no, objective outside of that when you get to the hero font you're like wait nothing can be wasted so what am I not what am I not paying attention to or what do I not prefer or what like how would I like to move how would I like to live and then by the hang person you're like all right I know it looks weird but you know I just go with the flow (laughs) (laughs) I do what is called upon me to do and by choosing myself and my nature I learn everything I need to know and then by the time you get to the world, it's like, oh, there's nothing out of place. Everything is the, exactly as it's supposed to be. And that's another passage in the Tao, which I'll, I'm sure I'll butcher, but something to the effect of, um, do you want to perfect the world? I don't think it can be done. Mm-hmm. Or like the world is, is efficient, resilient, like exactly as it needs to be. And to want to change it is to not recognize it for what it is. So there is a a very strange (laughs) magic that comes from being really willing to be present, to be your most self so that you have to be present because then everything gets risky and sexy and you feel like very attentive to it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's not the typical conditioning pattern. So obviously breaking with that is strange in the world, right? May feel really natural in your body, but like, as you take it out and, and introduce it to other people, they're like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. Depending, depending <laughs> on who you meet. And then other times you meet people who are completely like that. Right. And then you're, you breathe in and you know, it's worth it. And you're more willing to be present and honest in your life. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> <laughs> You do the best. You do the best you can. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Over email, you mentioned talking about the Hierophant's journey. And I'm wondering if the Hierophant's journey is what you were just describing. If there are other things about that slash I'm curious because I don't really know what you mean by that. Yeah. The Hierophant journey, well, for one, 
before I started reading cards or like got the right deck, because for me, I think it really matters what deck you have and if you relate to the deck. But before that, I even before I started reading cards, the eight of swords would follow me around or I'd find like an eight of spades or, you know, whatever. And um, then when I started reading cards and and I started reading them well because I got the right deck. I stopped reading for myself personally. But then when I get readings from other people, I would always get like the hero font would always be in the spreads mm-hmm. over this almost decade since, you know, I've been reading. Excuse me. So I personally identify with the hero font. And then obviously last year was a hero font year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the the energy of the hero font to me is about how nothing is wasted. Nothing is without purpose. So nothing is without, you know, its own intent, which is its purpose, which is whatever that might be on whatever level, not necessarily from a human level of purpose. Like I have this light linear idea of where or trajectory of where I imagine I'm going to be, but just knowing that being is the purpose. Right. And so a hero font energy, the hero font's journey is recognizing that nothing is wasted. And so nothing in your life happened for no reason. You get to decide the reason that it happened. That's the power given on to you by free will, by existence, by your existence, by being present and by having your own consciousness awareness that is yours alone. And even if you had a conjoined twin, that you would have different consciousness awarenesses with different opinions and you wouldn't agree about everything or have like all the same things. And that that is your unique and direct line to all that is. And no one can supersede that. And that that is the true power of your existence, which is whatever you prefer to be, whenever you prefer to be it. And in our world, I, I call that moment where we recognize that the vortex of unequilibrium because it's like you're in the the borderlands between your past choice and your future choice and there's a moment where you're like wait the only thing differentiating that from that is my opinion ah! and then you like <laughs> fall and you go through the alice hole because you're like freaking out like how could it be me that is in control of like what i get or care about or like go towards mm-hmm. and then you just start to think about well what is it that I do care about or wish to be or want to go towards? And like, what is authentic to me and what actually feels good in my body? And you start to recognize that emotional intelligence is like the great aligning superpower of humanity and not the, the terrible, ridiculous, shameful thing, but it's the intelligence that gives you perspective and direction and personality (laughs) and like and and intent because how you feel is definitely going to direct the way you go about things and that's unique to you and your combinations and alignments and and practices around those things is what makes you a you so the hierophant is very much like where the thinking and the feeling and therefore the being are in like equal dynamics to each other, I think, mm-hmm. in its highest um, 
manifestation because it's like a mastery of self. Mm. And so in that case, maybe that arc in the tarot isn't as so much because everyone's on the fool's journey, right? Everyone starts at zero. And then the way that you, everyone has the whole tarot deck. You start at the fool's journey and then the order from there is completely up to you, Mm -hmm. right? Like some people go straight to the wands. Some people go straight to death. Some people go straight to the lovers, you know, whatever. Um, And so that arc, the fool, the hero font, the hang person, the world for sure, I think is the hero font's journey because it's a multidimensional journey. It's dynamic. It is as neutral as you can be. Just knowing and neutrality doesn't mean that you don't have your preferences. It just means that you recognize that like existence doesn't have to have a preference because existence is everything. <laughs> it gets mm-hmm. to be you and your enemy it gets to be race and the racists it gets to be Jews and Hitler. It gets to be all those things. And so it, we're the ones who are choosing what is out there. Existence is not the chooser. It's the being So, you know, it's really up to you what you believe it is, what you think it is, because that's your that's almost that's the entirety of your experience, your perception. You're the only one in there and there are influences, but you have to co-sign those influences for them to have any effect on you. Mm. And obviously there's conditioning and pressure and and threats and and negative experiences that are, you know, suggested or implied or threatened upon you if you be yourself, but it's always something. It's always mm-hmm. going to be something until people let it be everything. So mm-hmm. be people who let it be everything and don't focus so much on like what it looks like. Mm. more about what it is for you because that's the only experience you're having even if you're an empath (laughs) (laughs) even if you're an empath so it's like (laughs) and people don't want to own their experience because for some reason they think that's the least powerful well, everyone wants the influence to be upon others outside. I mean, the best influence to have is over yourself because that means that you can always be in the reality that you most prefer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be contingent upon anybody but you. Or as one of my mentors says, circumstances don't matter. Only state of being matters. Mm-hmm. Because you can't control the circumstances, but you can understand your state of being and you can decide whether you prefer to feel that way And if you don't, you can observe what helped you feel that way. And then you can choose to do something else that helps you feel another way. And the more that you do that, the more instantaneous it becomes. The fact that you could do that in a millisecond. Mm. And just change your mood, no matter what's happening. Very like life is beautiful, right? Like this father just chose to operate on a frequency where he's like, I'm going to play a game with my son. And he's not going to know that this is the Holocaust. I mean, they didn't know it was the Holocaust. They just knew it was war upon them. So it's that kind of choice, regardless of circumstances. And why? Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? Because you need to act the way you want to feel. That's literally the only way that you you get the experience. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's 
intellectual or theoretical, not known, not, not experienced. Yeah. So, so that's the hero font's journey. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the hero month's journey with us. <laughs> In my experience. Yeah. In your experience. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I have two questions. I'm like, which direction do I go? I think I, since we're talking about the hero font already, I'm curious if you feel like talking about the lovers at all since we're in our lovers year now. <laughs> <laughs> Like my Venus is in Aquarius. And so <laughs> the lovers is for me a more foreign territory. But what I do understand, and I've actually said this to a few clients already this year, so I definitely understand it as the energy. Um, the paradox, like this is why I say paradox is God, because duality has a third state, which is where the opposition meets. Because mm -hmm. if the opposition didn't touch, then they couldn't be on opposite sides of anything. They wouldn't have any experience together. Mm -hmm. So in a relationship, there's the individual, there's yourself, the individual, the other or others involved. And then there's the nature of the relationship that, the re that those entities create. And that's the third entity even if there's multiple people involved. The third entity is the relationship of your life in connection to those things. So in the lover's year, it's not simply about you and other. I mean, in the lover's year, it's not about you and the lover, or you and the lovers. It's about the kind of people it makes you as a relationship in a, from a relationship. And it's about the way that you show up in the world in connection to it because mm -hmm. any relationship that is natural to your life, a version of your life that you most prefer allows you to be the version of yourself that you most prefer. And if your relationship isn't doing that for you, no matter what it is, you know, like professional, familial, romantic, platonic, whatever, then that's not the outcome that that's not the version of yourself that you most prefer. That's not the version of yourself that you have to settle for. That's not the version of yourself that you're supposed to be. <laughs> the version of yourself that you're supposed to be is the one that not only that you most prefer, but that allows you the most dynamic neutrality, allows you the most presence, allows you the most ability to be present in your life and to feel like you were in the driver's seat, the conducting, conducting seat of, the, of, of your experience. And that doesn't mean that everything goes the way that you want it to go. It means that even when it doesn't, it helps you become more of what you are in a way that is neutral and positive. Like, I'm just learning right now in relationship with somebody who I've had like a two-year journey with. And we knew this from an early stage, but it doesn't mean you live it, which is, you know, I even like our arguments. I won't go out of my way to argue with them, although banter is a part of the conversation. But like, even when we argue, we get better mm -hmm. because it never goes to a place of true negativity. It's sincere and honest, sometimes very funny because we we like banter. But also when we come back around from the conversation, it improves 
us, which is to say, like, this is why I say um, with biocompassing, it's positive, neutral, negative, right? But it's not a linear reality. So it's never just positive, neutral, negative. It's also positive, 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 neutral, positive, negative, neutral, positive, neutral, 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 negative, negative, positive, negative, neutral, negative, negative. So in the worst of all possible worlds, whenever you communicate with somebody, it's a negative, 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 negative. In an ideal world, it's it's a negative, positive, 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 neutral, positive, negative, positive, neutral, neutral, positive, you know, like, so that's somebody that even you have a negative, and that's why we call them like best of enemies, right? Your, be- your best enemy improves you. You become better at what you do. You become more rigorous. You become more sincere. You become more honest. That's a negative positive. Hell, it could be a neutral negative. Hell, it could be a positive negative. <laughs> but it just depends on, you know, the terms that you're willing to engage on, because if anything is possible, then you're willing to go to negative, 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 negative territory. But if you're somebody who exists in the neutral, positive, neutral, 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 negative, plus, 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 or whatever, then there's, there's only so low you're going to be willing to go to become yourself or to have the experience of yourself. And so your engagements with people are also going to be elevated. And that's why masters are all like unbothered by motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> they're, they're way too far. The positives being themselves fully to their ability to mm-hmm. even be like, to, to come down for any reason mm-hmm. to, to stoop to a level of someone who was obviously not coming from a positive place about themselves. So there's just some things they're unwilling to do, which is why, you know, oftentimes masters die young because negative, negative, negative people are willing to, you know, cancel out life. That's something that someone who's extremely in their positive positivity and in their neutrality is not going to do. Mm. But, you know, it's a practice. You've got to work up. I call it the crescent barometer. <laughs> you got to work your way into the area of the barometer that you want to be in. And it's a practice and it's always, but you're always aiming towards the version of yourself that you most prefer the way that you need to feel, the way that you want to feel. So that's kind of like a fun, <laughs> it's supposed to be fun, <laughs> I hope. I think that's the, the part that feels really alive, right? Like when you make those risky choices that feel honest yeah. and it's not perfect, it's messy because you're figuring it out as you go along. You know, like there's no, you don't know until you're in it. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's where all the action's going on. I don't remember what your original question was, but I hope I answered it. <laughs> yeah, it's just about the lovers. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, but of course, that's just because also, I was going to say this, in whether there's an other, right? There's the relationship I have with, as there's who I think I am. There's who I imagine I'm seeing when I look in the mirror. And then there is the combination of what I am and what I project that I am and how that shows up to other people in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's also the self-loving relationship where you, your idea of yourself and the projection between that, that ends up being other people's experience of you. And there's that relationship as well, right? Because when you look in the mirror, you want to see somebody who you love and trust. Yeah. Not somebody who shouldn't be there. And if you do see someone that you don't think should be there, 
then that means that you're not acting the way that you know you need to be in order to feel the way that you need to feel. So that's the most loving relationship you can have. The most loving thing you can do for someone else is be your most authentic self because then they can make a truly informed decision of whether you're their kind of people or not. And if not, you help Mm -hmm. them become more of themselves through knowing what they are not or what is not for them. And you give them the gift of going in the direction of what is. And that's how we have the natural diet. That's what's dynamic neutrality is. It's not like utopia is in a world where everyone has the same opinion. Utopia is a world where you say someone you detest and they see you and you're like, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you too. There's a moment of recognition recognition and they're like bye bitch and you just go on your way like no one dies no one's oppressed Mm -hmm. you just know that not everyone's for you and when you encounter them you act like repelling magnets and you go about your business Mm -hmm. but those are the natural borders oh i don't agree with you i don't agree with you i can't oppress my opinion upon you and you can't put yours upon me also towards you know child autonomy meaning like even that relationship with youth where parent is like, I'm a bigot. You don't have to be a bigot, but like, I'm going to be hating what I want to hate. <laughs> you do whatever you need to do. Read a book. Like, I am not responsible for you in that way. I'm busy being myself. You can be like me if you like what you see, or you can be something else. And that's the natural. I mean, that's what's like, that's what existence is already doing. <laughs> it's like, you know, so if you want to master existence, you have to be as much like existence is. And I think existence is dynamically neutral as evidenced by the fact that it's everything within it that even considers everything, even that considers itself in opposition to something else. It is that too. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, this shouldn't be, I need to fix this. The world should be something else. You're like, how can I be more of myself regardless of what others are (laughs) and then you'll be in your natural border or you know that your puzzle piece (laughs) which you know there's no repeat puzzle pieces in a puzzle box so just be the version that you are and then you'll fit in the big picture I appreciate that so much about how we can encounter people who can help us become more of ourselves by showing us what we aren't. I feel like something just clicked in my brain around a person from, yeah, the past. Hey. You're like, I'm like, oh my God, they totally played that role. How beautiful. Right? <laughs> I can be so grateful for that. Yeah. Yes. And just by being who they were, mm-hmm. even if that's not their most authentic self, because the paradox, again, because paradox is God, the paradox is that like, even if you're not being your most authentic self, you are actually being the version of yourself you believe you have to be, which is you, even if you would rather be something else because what you know you do, right? Knowledge is total. You don't think until COVID or other conditions, right? Like breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe. No, you just do that. If you can move across the room, you move across the room without thinking, move across the room. Um, that's knowledge. Other things that you think about and project the thought upon, that's theory. And until you have the practice of theory in the field of life, you're not going to trust that you can do that thing, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a point where you had no idea how to put on a podcast. It was theoretical. And now you can do it probably in your sleep. So that's the difference between knowledge and, and thought. 
And you have to trust that, like, so too with your individual experience. Mm -hmm. Like, that you have that much influence over your life by just choosing to be as authentic as you can. And then thinking existence will align around me. This is my only Mm -hmm. job. (laughs) This is my only job. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm a conjoined twin. Yeah. I'm curious what the role of dreaming is in this for you. Like how dreaming is part of the process of like choosing and feeling how you want to feel and being the most authentic version of yourself. I feel like dreaming is so supportive in that for me. And yeah, I'm just wondering your thoughts about dreaming and all of this. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you were in one of our cohorts, Tara, Tara and Mize, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dreamscapes Academy, something that we've been teaching recently. And we might've even said when you were participating too, is, you know, in our ultimate goal is to showcase to you that there's no difference between the waking dream and the sleeping dream. Mm-hmm. And that the difference that we create is that in the sleeping dream, when something strange happens, you just go with it. <laughs> You're like, oh, the taxi's a jacuzzi. I'll get in. How much money? Seven fish. Here you go. And you keep it pushing. But in the waking dream, you're like, no, that's not how that's supposed to go. This is the order of existence. And this is how that should look. And this is how people are. And this is how it is. And so it's a much more structural and nonsensical dream in the waking reality. Because there are so many arbitrary, it must be this ways that people project upon other people. And then, of course, then reverberate against themselves. Um Whereas in the sleeping dream, anything goes. So we, you know, I have been remembering and recording my dreams since kindergarten. I learned to write before I got into kindergarten because I wanted to be able to read stories myself when I went to bed. You know, my mom would read to a certain point and I wanted to continue reading. So I was just like, just teach me how to read. Um, and then I started writing because in a dream, I had a guide tell me to write my dreams down and I started writing from kindergarten. And, um, and I think that that has influenced a lot of my ability to suspend my disbelief and to be fluid and to, you know, just the remembrance of other places that I was and being, (laughs) being obviously like a Pisces child with sun and Mercury in, in Pisces in my second house. I'm like, I, growing up, I often asked my mom, like, what about that world? Like, why is no one talking about like the dreaming place where all Mm -hmm. these things happen, where I saw this and I knew what kind of laundry you're going to do today. And like, uh, you know, I had premonitions. I saw things Mm -hmm. that didn't, weren't supposed to exist. I saw things that I shouldn't know. I spoke other languages. Um, and I just didn't understand how that was an entire world that everyone went to every day and didn't talk about. So dreaming has, and remembering my dreaming and documenting my dreaming and therefore tracking it, even when I wasn't documenting it, always having a mind about the rec- the remembrance, the recordance, the recording of it, um, has greatly allowed me to know how rich 
existence truly is and how and how many ways there are to know things Mm -hmm. that are not linear because there's nothing linear about my dreamscape (laughs) um but at the same time you know you don't have to remember your dreams in you know in a visual way or in an audible way or in a in a literary way right like doesn't have to be something you remember necessarily in language at all. You can just be living your dream. And then there's no difference between sleeping and waking. You're already doing what you need to be doing. And so maybe you don't remember your dreams at all. Maybe you just go rest or maybe you do things that your higher self doesn't need you to remember. And you come back into your body and you know it in an emotional way, or you know it in, you wake up with a song in your head and that's and that's all you needed to get from the dream or you wake up in a mood or you wake up for not remembering where you are and that's a part of the message you know so dreaming is extremely important in that you're doing it whether you're waking or sleeping a daydream a goal a desire um a, a purpose this is a dream um mm-hmm. and we're each making ours up and that's why you know you can make it a dream you don't prefer, aka a nightmare, or you can make it a dream you do prefer, um, aka a fantasy. And I'm headed for the fantasy uh, section of the library myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so meet me there, folks, if that's the genre you're into. <laughs> Oracle fantasy. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting when you say um, about like maybe not remembering your dreams at all and maybe you're just like living that dream. And I I am someone who has almost always remembered my dreams and dreamed every night, like since I was a kid and remembered those dreams. And it was like the strangest thing this year after I've lived my life up for like six months, I didn't really remember any of my dreams. And if I did, it was just a tiny fragment. It was so fascinating. And I was like, huh, I feel like my dreams were trying to tell me what to do for so long. And then I did. And they're like, okay, good job. You can just have a rest now. And now they're starting to come back and I'm like remembering them again in the morning. And I'm like, oh, it's so interesting how it's like, yeah, how my dreams are so much in relationship with, yeah what I'm choosing in my waking life and what's happening there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the power of it as well. Mm-hmm. Like what it allows you to contemplate what the perspective it gives you, especially cause like you can't dream, you can dream with other people, but even the experience of, or the memory of the dream is going to be from your unique perspective based on your, lived experience, your references in life, how it made you feel in your body, what you trust and believe. Um, And that's really the magic of existence, you know? Um, Paradox is God is a way of saying like, which is funny because I realized the initials of that is pig, but like paradox (laughs) is God um, is is the mystery you know it's the pandora's box which i recently read and i was like how did i not hear like find this out earlier that it wasn't actually a box it was a that's a mistranslation it, pandora had a jar mm. a box <laughs> didn't know that <laughs> that's so not funny she had a jar um but like that that is why it's interesting to exist mm. 
that you're constantly figuring it out and on, you know, that it's, it's a box within a box within a box within a box or a jar within a jar within a jar within a jar. And there's no end to it because it's infinite. And also I think it's really telling that the infinity sign looks like this, right? Like everything returns to itself in an infinite universe Mm -hmm. and what comes from, and that's, I think those are the ones and the zeros too. The ones are the expansions, the zeros are the contractions. And so, you know, existence, whether in science, it's expanding at, a, you know, at an infinite rate, eventually it will contract and that will be the zero moment where everything comes back to the base setting, which is that it exists and then out again and it grows out and it grows out. And what it is, is you and me's and other things and trees and bugs and like we're all existence figuring out what it is responsible for our part ourself and you know sometimes yes that throws you into the vortex of unequilibrium oh my god it's up to me who am i why do i have to make decisions what do i even know (laughs) and then what do i even know what do i care about why do i care about that i feel that way do i feel that way you know to be so interested in yourself the mystery of figuring yourself out puzzling yourself out Mm -hmm. and that for some reason, that's what existence gave you. Like, it's totally strange, obviously. <laughs> totally but, strange. But that's, that's the nature of self. Strangeness from other things that we perceive as not strangeness, <laughs> which is also a choice. <laughs> so it's just a wild adventure. And the more that you embrace that, the more multidimensional existence becomes on the material side. Because there's not this, there's constant suspension of disbelief and just curiosity and, and conversation and met attraction and repulsion. That's natural, right? Like, it's okay to be repelled from something that's not for you because it's not for you. So it's just, mm-hmm. there's no sustainability there. But we have to not be serving a singular hierarchical narrative for that to be the case because you can't have multidimensionality in a linear based framework Mm -hmm. it's a line and the line goes in one direction in the multidimensional framework everything comes from everywhere anything comes from anywhere Mm -hmm. and all of it is valid so then it's just about what you care about And knowing that what you don't care about, somebody else will. So it's not about the right choice. Mm -hmm. It's about the authentic choice. Mm -hmm. And then what that is, is for you to decide for yourself. And don't worry about other people. Lead by example and trust that you'll find what is supposed to be attracted to you and what isn't will find its way out. Yeah. As crow crows in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I wish I heard that. <laughs> Hopefully the mic picks it up when you listen back. <laughs> I'm like, I love listening to you talk about this stuff. Hearing you say strangeness makes me think this episode should just be called like strangeness lasagna. <laughs> yes. The strangeness. I it's love funny. it. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's why I say my objective is to help people help me help you be okay with the fact that you're alive. Mm. You know, like, yeah, it's true. You are. It's happening. 
It's wild, right? It's Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But not bad. This yeah. is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. What do you need? Act the way you need to feel. What does that look like? Vortex of equilibrium. Oh, it's okay. You'll sort yourself out. Decide, mm-hmm. decide, 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 decide. Have fun. Make it up as you go. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trust that that's, that is life. That's not being off your path. That is the path. Yeah. And the only way to know is to go. <laughs> you know, like you got to go through it. Mm-hmm. No one can know it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's and when that happens, when people are knowing for you, that's when you get bored. That's when you look for distractions. That's when you start lying, withholding, hiding, denying, limiting, repelling, contracting. And then you can't, you know, then you're living in your nightmare. (laughs) Then you are your nightmare. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is a different kind of adventure. People like people like horror movies shit. Like you can make your you can make your life like that. If it if you will learn from it, if it's uh-huh. if it's the risk or the scare that puts you in a position of I'm going to live, then, you know, that's what you're going to put yourself through. But again, that's why it's negative, 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 neutral, negative, positive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a polarity game. I think my preference is to meet you in the fantasy section. <laughs> yes. Well, we're all library cards. Choose the area of the library you want to do your research in and then, you know, be inside of those stories and those narratives. Mm-hmm. So we'll be inside of the fantasy narrative. And you are, you know, but the every fantasy begins with a problem. <laughs> Something that happened or will happen or is happening that the proverbial hero or self of the journey has to go on the adventure of discovering. You need a plot or else your book would be, your narrative would be pretty boring. You know, this is is like, go have a life. You need a plot. Like Lord. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's, that's what I've been thinking about lately. And that's actually a good way to respond to your first question. Really all of that is what 2020 to 2022 taught me. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I was barely speaking about these things in 2019. I was talking about multidimensionality and time space, but everything that I just shared in the past hour is basically what has come to me over the past two years. Mm -hmm. Other than the dreaming. Sharing. Yeah. Dreaming always. Dreaming always. (laughs) It's multidimensional. So always, it's always been. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) So welcome. And I'm glad that you decided to blow up your life. You know, you took a a one moment. Now you're back to the zero. You'll have another one moment. I'm sure. Uh Best decision, series of decisions ever, ever, ever. But for sure. (laughs) Of course it's alive. Being alive is intense. I think that's why it's alive. (laughs) Yeah. I think I felt like after last year, I felt like the couple of years before that, And of course I was, but like, I wasn't really alive and I wasn't really living and I didn't really start to live again until I did that last year. Yeah. Yep. And humanity is going to be going through a lot of life, a lot of us all over. That's also Mm -hmm. what's changing, right? Just the people are more willing to resist at this time 
I just encourage people to resist in the direction that's actually their preference mm. and not simply their reaction to what's taking place. Mm. Because the binary is a paradox. To resist, mm. you have to agree to oppose one another. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just stop uh, agreeing to the opposition and go live your life. Yeah. You know, love in the time of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever is going on always though always the love so always happy lovers love. year everyone <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yes <laughs> see you in 2023 <laughs> uh, Sonia can you tell people where they can find you on online on the internet <laughs> yes you can find me at my name Sonia Estelle that's s-a-n-y-u-e-s-t-e-l-l-e.com um, that's also my at on Instagram. My email is sanyu at sanyuestel.com. Um, My website has the majority of everything that I'm doing. Instagram is where I just share my daily thoughts and pulls sometimes from my decks. And uh, I also have YouTube, same name, mm-hmm. Patreon, same name. Um, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not. I have a TikTok, but I haven't done anything on it in a really long time. And so website, Instagram, until I can build an app and get the fuck off Instagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the plan. Love that for you. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. I can't wait. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on instagram at e-r-y-n-j underscore or patreon until then